listening to the Three Points in a Pie podcast with Colby Stevens and Alfie Lauder. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of the Three Points in a Pie podcast. I am always your host, Colby, with my British counterpart, Alfie. Hey, up. Uh, first, we're going to talk about uh, the match from Monday with Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Uh, and then we're going to go into pr- some predictions. Um, and those predictions will be the Spurs versus Wolves, Fulham versus Brentford, Bournemouth versus Arsenal, Newcastle versus City, Leeds versus Chelsea, and United versus Liverpool. And we'll save that one for last on purpose. <laughs> 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 but just to come back, uh, we're going to do that. We're going to do a little review on the uh, Liverpool Palace. Yeah, I, I didn't see this coming. I got to admit, I didn't see that coming. Um, no. And I mean, a lot of people are making a lot of like the Nunes, well, headbutt, if you call it a headbutt. <laughs> or like the, you know, like the, the forehead shove. <laughs> but um, I don't know how much that actually changed the game. And if anything, I think that actually helped Liverpool a little bit. But they, they look, they, for all the possession and everything else that they had, they didn't really do much with it. No, not at all. It, it was, it, it it was really like it was a hard match to watch. It was, yeah. It, it was it was incredibly hard match to watch just because it was not in the sense of like, what am I trying to say here? Not in the sense of like it was just like abysmal. I mean, it kind of was, but like also in the same, it was just like you expected so much more out of Liverpool, but you also knew that there was this fight in Crystal Palace that could totally make this game basically what it was yeah and you're absolutely right the darwin nunez headbutt did absolutely fuck all i mean it kind of gave liverpool an advantage in a way because obviously you know luis diaz came out and fucking scored that banger just to kind of say hey we're still here but i mean that's (laughs) that's all they had left it was it was a one and done yeah and absolutely that i mean the, the the crystal palace defense not taking anything away from them but for everything that liverpool had they didn't really throw much at them they didn't really have a lot to deal with no you know and the only thing that was really holding liverpool down was virgil van dyke like i had predicted that was going to happen and their their whole defense i mean trent alexander arnold he is he is a good left back don't get me wrong but the way he played that match it was literally you might as well just had him at the wing yeah because that's where he was the entire match yeah and I know that a lot gets made of the whole um, Trent Alexander versus Reese James, but um, I did. Reese James is still far the better defender. He's the Agreed. best. He's a fifty-fifty player. Um, Trent Alexander, as you said, that I, I would actually love to see them actually get in another left back and um, right back. Sorry, and um, push him just further up the field and leave him there. Because I mean, the, the the quality of his ball and everything else is amazing. But um, if you've got a, a team that and because Liverpool they play such that high line, if if mm-hmm. you've got a team that can counter quick and move that ball quick enough, it's in, they're immediately under pressure. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, um, that was a very comical little headbutt. It really was. <laughs> so the, so he's going to serve a three game suspension at minimum for that. What do you think will end up being the maximum if they do go past that? Um, I think they'll leave it at three. 
Um, if they it do push it, it may be. Yeah, it. It was so weak. Yeah. It. And and, and, and let's be honest, the <laughs> flop, the flop that came after that was a whole like fifteen second delay. Yeah. That was like that. That I. It, it, that, it really sold like that wasn't a hard sell for me. Like I wasn't like, oh yeah, he definitely had, but I was like, what the fuck just happened? This guy just yeah. all over out of nowhere. And then they showed the replay. And I mean, Darwin got his head on him, but like he barely grazed his chin if we're being fucking honest. Yeah. It was like a suggestion. He <laughs> <laughs> was like, here, let me come here, come here, real quick. Let me just I'm gonna throw my head into you. Uh... And then you're gonna fall down and make this look really bad for me. He gave him like a little mushroom stamp. <laughs> With his massive forehead. <laughs> At least he didn't pull his hair though. I mean that'd have made it a bit too oh my sexual. God. So okay, let's 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 tap into that real quick. He gets a three-game suspension for headbutting, but dude doesn't get a suspension for pulling Kukurea's hair hair. Like that, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I um, I got. I, mean, I didn't look too much into it because it was. It would have just started pissing me off. Um, I know. Uh, I know that there's a rule in that. If the referee's seen it but didn't react or something, or if it's not in his report or some bullshit like that, then they can't do anything retrospectively. But um, this comes back to actually VAR. Like when VAR was brought in, it was meant. It was promised as. Nothing's now going to be missed. But all VAR does now and all it's become is it gives an opinion on something that already had an opinion. Right. So like it the the ref, you know, was it a penalty? Was it not? Well, let's go to VAR. We're going to check it. But <clears throat> the whole thing about missing clear and obvious errors is like an entire stadium saw that hair pull. The bench all saw it. The ref had a good fucking view of it. Yep, he was in complete um, view of it. And there's a couple of times where they, I think it was, was it Mike Dean? Mm-hmm. Um, he pulled VAR into play for some ridiculous, stupid reason. But you're not going to do it for that. Right. Um, That corner should never have happened. It should have been a free kick. And he should have been red carded for me for that. Um. That that weren't that wasn't a suggestion of hair pull. <laughs> no, it was that was clear a good and old yank. Yeah, I mean, he should have probably paid him a few bucks for the pleasure of doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> actually, was, I, you know what? I was actually waiting for somebody on TikTok or somewhere to actually take that video of him getting his hair pulled, and then having that one video of the girl who turns around and like shows that she likes it. <laughs> 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 yeah. I made him laugh so hard I made him cough. <laughs> <laughs> I tried looking, I actually tried looking for um like a gimp mask kind of thing for a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I felt that it after some of the couple of things that they've given given warnings for, I don't think they'd that stay up oh too my long. God. Dude, the warnings that they give on TikTok are fucking hilarious. Like you would think Zuckerberg runs a shit with some of the stuff that they get all offended about. And yet Stupid. there's been times I sat there and I've seen like, I'm randomly watching uh, TikTok and eating me dinner or something. And then all of a sudden, like you'll see a goat beheaded. Right. And it's like, I was just watching like, you know, a Ronaldo clip and we go to goat beheading. Right. 
Like, how does that fit into my algorithm? Yeah. What have I been <laughs> thinking on for you to think I'd be interested in that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to move on to the week uh, and get on to our predictions. First, we have the early game, for me at least, 7.30 a.m. Uh, I believe that's at 11.30 for you guys. Uh, Spurs versus Wolves. First, let's get into let's let's take predict predictions, right? And then we'll get into why we think or what we think each team needs for each for each of these matches. So, first, again, Spurs Wolves. Alfie, what's your prediction? Um, I know that I say this all the time, but this is a this is a really hard one to predict because it's Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um. As there's still that in them to self destruct and and pull a Spurs, yeah. um, and <clears throat> whether they whether they deserve the point against Chelsea or not is is irrelevant. They they played a good second half, mm. and with all that kind of like they pulled that out of the bag, um, controversy, but they pulled it out of the bag. So it's now kind of set up for them to now fuck up against Wolves. The trouble is, is I, I I don't know if Wolves have got enough up front to actually cause them to pull a Spurs, so they may get right. three points by kind of like a default. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was have to put like money on it, I would go it, like a one or two nil, uh, Spurs, but not so much that they deserve and they're gonna do it. Just that I don't think Wolves have actually got it up front to actually hurt them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go on the flip on this. Um, even though I'm going to agree with you that we don't know week to week what we're going to get out of Tottenham. And that's spanning back from last season and season before, seasons before. Um, Wolves are suspect in the defense. So it really could go either way, just like you said. But I'm actually going to take this on a draw 1-1. I'd love to see that. I would too. I would too. Next match, Fulham versus Brentford. Fulham has Fulham has shown some shit, especially with uh, Mitrovic. Mitrovic, yeah. um, he has held that Fulham team together over the first couple of matches, specifically that first match this year. Um, but Brentford feels like the dark horse this year. Yeah, I completely agree. Like they they have this like the makings of what Crystal Palace has been for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 could show up at Brentford, you might get your ass beat, it might be a draw, or you might beat their ass. Yeah. But the way that they've been playing over the last couple of matches, granted they've played against a United team that is just We'll get into Anything that later. But United. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, that that just they 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 seem to always take the opportunities that are there and execute mm-hmm. very well. So with this one, with with Fulham putting up a fight, I believe um, this is going to be a one-three Brentford match. 
Yeah, I would actually second that. I think there's this definitely be a, a high scoring match. Um and it I reckon it'll be a really good game to watch. A really good advertisement Absolutely. for the EPL. Absolutely. Um especially with a mid table club and a lower well, one that's just been promoted. Yeah. Yeah, the the one thing that I love about Brentford is that like last season, it didn't matter who they went, they always kind of put in whether it was City or you know, mm-hmm. um, a Norwich, they played their game. And mm-hmm. I think Thomas Frank is, is, a, is a wonderful manager. And he's a, he, I don't think he quite gets the credit for the little tweaks that he does game to game. Yeah. Um, But no, I, I, I can see like a 3 1 Brentford win. Well, I'm glad we agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, next match. Bournemouth versus Arsenal. What's your take, Alfie? I um, I actually I think this is going to be another a high scoring game. Um, we were chatting earlier on today about Arsenal, and for me, there's a lot of similarities between Arsenal and Man City, regardless of Jesus and Zinchenko and that just the mere fact of Arteta. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always looked at him as like part of Padawan, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and you can kind of see that the, the similarities between Arsenal, the way they play, and, and City, the way that they play. Um, I think this is the first the first time I've really properly seen a team that's actually playing to Arteta's game plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he people forget how many players that he's actually cleared out of that club <clears throat> and who they bought in. Um, he... It's been over the months and over like a couple of windows, but he's it's a whole different team, more or less. Um, so I think this is going to go very similar to the to the Man City Bournemouth. Um, I can see this being like three four nil Arsenal. I think Bournemouth will park the bus again, mm-hmm. and Arsenal are just going to keep knocking on the door. Um, I'm going to go with you and second that. Um, Arsenal has more fire well not more firepower they have enough firepower up front um to do exactly what city did against bournemouth um you're absolutely right arsenal does feel like the wish version of city if i'm yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and parking the bus parking the bus against a high press isn't going to work anymore and i think i think if it has shown uh, like with teams that have high pressed over the last couple of years, people who are teams that are less are who are parking the bus. Mm-hmm. Possession is the key to every game. You have to be able to possess the ball. If you're not possessing the ball, you're not able to take any shots. Yeah, you're not able to get into your part of the field. Um, one of the things that I noticed, City against Bournemouth, is I mean, I said it the last last episode, they were only on their side of the pitch like six or seven times. Yeah. Not all 90 minutes. Well, I think it was like 95, but yeah. So, I mean, they just, they could be a good team. Bournemouth could be a good team. There's some things that they need to maybe adjust a little bit, yeah. specifically on their defensive tactics. Um, But also making sure that they assert themselves a little bit more uh, at the beginning of the game rather than trying to play catch up. Yeah. Before the half. Um, yeah. 
but I'll do this. I think I think Arsenal won't have as many goals. I think it'll be a two 0 match. Yeah. Yeah. Um. With with Bournemouth, I it'll be interesting to see because I I I mean, <clears throat> going to City is it's not an ideal. Um. No. Second game into the Premiership, welcome back to it, kind of thing. <laughs> no, and then you got like <coughs> Arsenal right after. Um, it, I'd be interested to see what Parker does at, at Bournemouth against teams that are mid table against Leicester and that games mm-hmm. that I, I, they feel that they've got a shout at them three points. So, talking about City, uh, let's move into our next match Newcastle versus City. Uh, Newcastle is going to be City's first true test of the season. Um, the way that they played over the last couple of games, the changes that they're making in the organization are boding well for them. Obviously they're, they're structuring things a little bit different. Uh, was it Eddie Howe? Yeah. Eddie Howe. Um, the way he's slowly piecing that team together. We're going to see a lot from Newcastle. Obviously, we all knew that going in from last year. Once ever, uh, once they had new ownership come in, mm-hmm. we we knew that they were going to start doing things a little bit differently. But I'm starting to like, like in my mind when I when I saw that they were going to have the war chest that they had coming into the season, I was like, "Fuck, they're just going to buy everybody." Yeah, it's like it was. It, I felt like okay, Newcastle's <laughs> yeah. back. Everybody's take take note. We're about to have a really awkward uh, transfer window where they just buy up everybody. But they didn't do that, and yeah. I again I like how they're how they're slowly doing this, taking measured steps on who they bring in, um, and who's going to work right with Eddie Al. Um, City's midfield is going to be the biggest thing for me. That's going to be under pressure. Um, we don't know what's going on with Calvin Phillips right now. Um, Rodri has played the last two matches all 90 minutes. So I don't know what the midfield rotation is going to look like for city this week. Um, up front. I'm almost wondering if you'll and Alvarez doesn't start this week. Um, I think after two solid matches where Holland played 90, I don't think he needs to start. Newcastle could take one on us, not having him in there. I didn't know that's him playing on the opposite side of the pitch, but I think not having him in there is going to create more of an ease for the team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. they're, they're not going to feel as uh, anxious about making yeah. sure that they're covering him. Um, but you cannot, you cannot take Julian Alvarez for granted at all. Yeah. But I mean, who's to say? I, I again, we don't know if the, if Holland's going to play again uh, at the nine or if they're going to bring Julian Alvarez. Maybe they switch it up around and play the false nine again. Maybe use Phil Foden. Um, you know, as as these couple games have gone on, I'm starting to look at all the rotation that could be had on the front three, and I'm starting to get scared because really only you have only thing you really have as far as a winger goes is Foden, who's not really actually a winger, um, Grealish and Mares. Yeah. That, Cole Palmer, I mean, he's going to be a good rotational player as he develops under first team, but also in the same, like, he's not really shown us a lot so far, and he kind of feels like 
it kind of feels like Pep is stretching a little bit on this one. I feel like he probably could use some more time with the U23s. Yeah. Yeah, no, I can see that. But um, on a score, um, I'm going to take City 2-1. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I've loved Newcastle. I'd like since shit um, for a long time. Um, and it, it feels when the oil money come into Newcastle, there was such an uproar and there was so much anger that was turned towards that club. But as you said, with the measured steps that they've taken, um, I feel that Newcastle's become everybody's second team. Mm. There's there's a lot of love that's been put towards that club and and the modesty and everything that they've the steps that they've taken. Um and I I loved Eddie Howe when he was back at Bournemouth years ago. That I, I think he's mm. a wonderful manager. Um, I completely agree that I feel that this is City's first test. Mm. I think um, I think there'll be a bit more of a battle for midfield as opposed to um, West Ham and Bournemouth, which basically just gave you the ball. Mm. Um, Newcastle, I feel, will actually fight a bit more for that ball. And um, with the pace of like Joe Linton and everyone um, mm-hmm. running out of midfield, um, I do think that there's enough gall in, in Newcastle to, to hurt City on the break. Um, I can actually possibly see this one actually coming out as a draw. Oh, yeah? <clears throat> um, I I can kind of see like a a late drama moment, like a 1-0 to like the 85th. Mm-hmm. And then um, if it's City this 1-0, then the last five or ten minutes, Newcastle kind of pop up. But um, I I think that there there's enough in Newcastle to actually pull off a bit of a shock here. Yeah. Um, and I I think this is I mean I've got no doubts that City are going to win the league mm-hmm. this season. I know that everyone's probably saying, oh well, you can't really call it that easy. Um, for me the the the, the league's kind of done. It's like from second downwards. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the battle for top six is going to be is where the 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 entertainment's going to be. And right. I think the rest of the league, I don't think we're going to have like a whipping boy like a Norwich. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, which yeah. is going to really kind of like, if I was an Everton or a Leicester fan, I'd be actually shitting myself because it's the only reason that them two kind of like stayed up. Well, not Leicester so much, but this season, I think Leicester are going to have a lot of problems. Um, I do think that this season there's going to be a few little strange results popping up mm. agreed um and I, I am looking forward if he does go with Alvarez up front uh, like you think um I can't wait to see that battle with either him or if he does go with a Haaland and Dan Byrne um I'd, mm. I would love to see 90 minutes of Haaland and Dan Byrne just that uh, I love Dan Byrne I think he was a wonderful I mean, purchase for him. Two monstrous players. Yeah. You have one, you have Dan Byrne, who's 6'6", then you have Holland, who's 6'4". It's <laughs> it's basically going to be like watching, you know, back in the day, like Horace Grant versus <laughs> Shaq. Yeah. When, it, when, it was, when, it, when Horace played for the Bulls. Yeah, it, it'll be like that. Yeah, I think that'll be a, a, a wonderful 90 minutes to watch because 
um, Dan Byrne is actually pretty quick on his toes. Um, he, he is quite a mobile guy. Um, he, I mean, when Chelsea played Newcastle last season, he kept Havats, and Havats has a beautiful way of just drifting. Mm. <clears throat> he kept him under control for 90 minutes. He popped up, he took his eye off him for one moment. It's like 92nd minute and Havats scored. But people don't kind of give Dan Byrne the credit for his mobility. Yeah. You know, um, he is quite a, for, for a massive defender. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, 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 I think it'll be a, a, a great game to watch. Um, but I'm going to go for a draw on this. 1-1 one, one draw? Yeah. All right. All right. So moving on to the next match, uh, we've got Leeds versus your boys, Chelsea. What do you think about this? I'm going to, on this, I'm going to go 2-0 Chelsea. Um, yeah, I don't quite know how. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I get it. I, because um, again, like Chelsea, it's, a, it's like Tottenham in reverse to a degree. Although we don't kind of fuck up as hard as they do, um, it's still in us to go game to game. Um, like the difference between Everton versus the game against Tottenham. Um, I do feel that there is a cohesion that's gelling at Chelsea slowly. Um, And I feel a lot better about the season after actually watching Koulibaly actually that 90 minutes against Tottenham. Um, I think a couple more additions and it'll be actually be an intriguing season. But um, Leeds, I I just feel they're not going to be the same team in the second half as they are in the first half. I think that team is still kind of buying into to Marsh's way. Mm-hmm. And they've had, they've, I mean, uh, Calvin Phillips was a massive miss. Um, and the players yeah. that he's brought in, the players that he's brought in, they do look like that they are quality upgrades on what they are. And he is moving them instead of like a, a full-blooded punch, is moving leads into a quick jabbing, team they're full-blooded I think Leeds mm-hmm. will always have that but they're playing a bit more tactically astute but um, I feel that this game is is a bit too early in the season for Leeds to really be Leeds yet yeah Um, with Chelsea you, you again you, you could kind of like call out goal scorers but it, I mean I've got a bit more confidence in like after watching Koulibaly take that goal I've mm-hmm. got a bit more confidence in him scoring than I have Havats at the moment. That's terrible to say. You're talking about your halfback coming up and <laughs> being better than <laughs> than your nine or ten. <laughs> it just, um, I don't know. It. I mean, the, the Havats. I, I love watching him, and I mean, I actually. I, I was a big fan of Timo, um, um, and he would have got a lot more goals if the if they'd have just made the offside band just a little bit thinner, right? <laughs> <on bar. laughs> We're just talking like a couple of mil, but um, I don't like hearing it when players leave and they they bitch and moan about the getting like the the, the game time and everything. And it's like, dude, you earn it. You're a striker, score. Exactly. If you're an attacker, 
score, make assists. Um, if I'm if I'm playing out on the wing and I'm barely registering assist and my kind of um well the the misses that he was kind of doing was was quite mean quality level. <laughs> but, um, but still, it comes back to the, and this is the big thing about the the, the Chelsea attack, where it earn your place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Havats again, he had a good ninety minutes, but for me, he didn't cause enough problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the those two places up front for me are still up for grabs. I think Sterling's kind of nailed on that left wing. Yeah. Um it's just the other Which two is really that... surprising. It's really surprising to me because you saw when he was with City, he played more the right than he did the left. Yeah. I would actually love to see him used over on the right in conjunction with Reese James. Yeah. That I would be a good matchup to have on that side. Devastating down the right. Yeah. Um and if they could get someone to really gel with Chilwell over on the left. Um but Dreams are dreams. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we were talking about uh, before we started the show today was uh, one of the things that you saw with Leeds is also a, their high press is a concern. Mm-hmm. What do they need against Chelsea to be able to execute that high press better? Um, I think the the ability to do that for a full 90 minutes um there's a lot of teams that that do a high press for that mm-hmm. first 20 minutes ish and then slowly like the energy levels drop and drop and drop um if they can do that for a full 90 minutes um mm-hmm. they will cause problems in in our in our defense i think if they the the, the one thing that they need that they are crying out for is that deadly little clinical predator that kind of just lingers around mm-hmm. um, because they on that high press if they force that turnover I don't feel that they've kind of got that for me it, it like a Patson Dacker at Leicester yeah or um, Emmanuel Dennis I know that he's obviously just been sold and everything but mm. just that that kind of like that small frame guy that no one really notices that they could just get that ball too quick yeah. and bang he's in on goal um otherwise I, I feel that even if they do that 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 high press and that turnover I think I can see Koulibaly or someone getting that ball back <clears throat> whether it be on their second pass or their third pass Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think even if they do win that ball, I don't think there's enough there that they can actually really punish that quickly. Right. Um. So yeah, for me, they're, they're, that's their little missing ingredient. Um. And I was shocked that that more teams didn't swing in for for Dennis. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you've talked about him a lot. Yeah. For for twenty something million, a guy that's got he got nine or ten goals last season. And a range of goals as well. Mm-hmm. And you got teams that are kind of going out looking at like, well, like Darwin Nunes. <laughs> right. <laughs> a 90 million fucking pound chance 
on a guy that's this that, that's not played in the Premiership, you don't quite know. Whereas a guy that twenty odd million, and the the when you're paying that, and it sounds horrible because it's a lot of fucking money, but when you're paying that low, if it don't work out, it don't work out. You know, no. the the minute that Darwin Nunes has a big miss, it's like, oh, I hope you kept the receipt. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that I feel like Chelsea need to do with Leeds to make sure that they secure this is something we talked about before too. Um, with Leeds not having Calvin Phillips anymore, they're suspect a lot more than they were in the midfield now. So they've got to bypass that midfield somehow or another to make sure that they're not getting over it, even though theirs isn't as productive. Mm-hmm. Controlling possession of this is going to make everything for you guys. Leeds... Leeds has a lot that they they can work with and they can defeat a higher caliber team, if you want to call it that, um, which Chelsea are. Let's just be clear at this very point, in my opinion. Um, so moving on, um, let's talk about the highlight match of the week, United versus Liverpool and the tale of two bums. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of those ones where you're just kind of like with two teams that are perennially great teams in the Prem. There's so much to be desired. Yeah. Out of both of these clubs. And now with both of their basically winless starts, (laughs) there's so many questions that are thrown in this game. Like who's going to show up? Is United actually going to show up? Is Liverpool actually going to show up? They don't have Darwin Nunez. So now you're down to what? Diego Jota and Luis Diaz. You have no other center forwards. Fabino. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is he he injured or is he out? I think he's injured. So that that completely erases him. Yeah. This... Like, I don't know if this is going to end up being just a snooze fest or if this is going to be, like, a true all-out-and-out battle. Yeah. Just because of the way the last couple of games have gone. Like, there's – what do you do? What's your prediction? What's your prediction? Well, it – I think – I think Man United have the possibility of actually kick-starting their season with this game. And they are at home. Um – I mean, I, I I said about how bad they were in them, them first two games, and I don't like talking about preseason because preseason is preseason, but it is there for them to play decent. Yeah, like they've got it there. Um, I I think this, and I I don't like saying this as as early in the season as a as you kind of want to, but this is a. This is a, a season-defining moment, I feel, for, for Ten Hag and Man United. Sure. If Liverpool come out and Liverpool kick their start their season from this game um, and completely batter Man United, you got to be... I would actually be worried about Ten Hag's position now, whether he would just say, no, nah, fuck it, you know, I'm done. Because mm-hmm. And I don't feel that there's many people that could kind of blame him at this point um the the transfer win that they've had is has been a joke um yes 
in it it the whole Frankie the young um wooing, should we say. If you're right. if you're if a player is, is too minded over fuck it, move on. Like why would you want even want a player that has been so insistent that I want to stay at Barca? Like just move on. And this has right. been their problem. Um the players that they 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 bought in over the years, like none of them, I don't feel ever really wanted to play for Man United. They either looked no. at it as a as a jump start to somewhere else or money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these yep. massive contracts that they were handing out. Um, so I don't feel that you could kind of blame Ten Hag if he did say "fuck it, I'm I'm off." But um, I can't help but feel Man United are going to actually use this game, and then especially with the the Ronaldo distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was actually absolutely, completely shitty timing on his part. Yeah. Where he come out and he released that statement, where in where in two weeks' time everybody's gonna know the truth and all this. And it's like, dude, you've been nothing but a distraction for last God knows how long at that club. Yeah. And and I I heard whispers uh, from a few people that he has actually had something happen in his private life that hasn't been released. Um, something kind of pretty shitty that happened. I don't know the the, the, the story there. Well, there was a story before the end of the season last year, or this past season, uh, him and Georgina had a uh, miscarriage. So I don't know if there's still like medical repercussions she's dealing with from that Man. mental anguish or not anguish, but you know, mental yeah. shit that's going on with that. Um, but I, I mean, They've already released that. So, I mean, what more could it be? Yeah. And this whole thing about in two weeks' time, everyone is going to know the truth. I'm tired of all the lies about me. And it's like, it, I've actually felt that Ronaldo has actually severely damaged his reputation in football with his fucking circus over the last few months. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm if I'm Ronaldo, I've won every fucking accolade that there is around multiple yep. times. Yep. Um, I'm back at a club that, basically launched me um i know that he come for benefica and everything else but it was man united that really put him on the map yep um you you're not like you're short of a few quid you know you've got enough money in the bank just play your not fucking heart out come onto the yeah. pitch every every game with a smile lift up the team instead of this all this bullshit about well i want to play champions league still and it's like but you but you've won it yeah i could understand if it was something that well, I've got two seasons I feel left in me at the top. I really want to try and win it. So yeah. Um he's he's become an absolute clown for me. And I and I do, I, I feel that the world has kinda of like kinda of like started chuckling a bit at him as opposed to, you know, he was the fucking greatest player ever and all that bollocks. Um and to 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 do that statement a, a few days before the, the Liverpool game. It's like you, you, your boss is trying to prepare for arguably one of the biggest tests of the season yes. and the biggest rivalry for for uh, Man United Liverpool. And you go ahead and and do that statement. Why now? You know what I mean, right? And as a thirty seven year old veteran, the, this type of shit is is stuff that you would expect out of a a nineteen year old Neymar. Absolutely. Absolutely, you know what I'm saying? Like this, the the he's not he mentally he's still a prima donna little bitch in yeah. my opinion 
And he hasn't gotten out of that mindset. Like it's the, the one need for being on a champions league club, as you said, what's the use you've yeah. already done it. You've done it a couple times over your, your ego is so big inside of yourself that you're causing a distraction to a club. Like, as you said, have put you on, yeah. put you on to the world. And you're kind of like you're you're, you're kind of just rubbing their face and shit. Yeah, you know, like, and that's me sticking up for United. I mean, they deserve somebody who's going to better represent that club. And Cristiano Ronaldo is not doing that. No, and absolutely. he's supposed to be the the he's supposed to be the quote unquote goat. Yeah. I don't. I, that's not that's not goat mentality to me. Yeah. Messi wins that if you're gonna put if you're gonna put the comparison up. Go he at least that. has some class. Yeah. You know, where Cristiano Ronaldo is still, it's, it's like, it's like he didn't get out of that, that, that mentality of when he was just starting in his prime. Yeah. And it's lasted and it's, it's, it's now become a delusion. It's, he's, he's gotten to that place where you're borderline a washed up football player. Yeah. 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 And he, he, I mean, he, he, I feel that he could have done so much good at that club coming back. Sure. Um, with the the because I mean Man United do have um a couple of, like really talented young kids. He could he could have he, he came back there as an icon and he could have really established he could have left as a legend. Um, but you I mean you you never see the fucker smile. You never see him no. laugh. You never no. see him do anything other than. And the minute that everything goes wrong, especially when you've got uh, Bruno Fernandez behind him, just mm -hmm. throwing up their arms. Yep, and then Ronaldo starts getting spiteful and vindictive. I mean, already for me, I feel that he could have had a couple of red cards, and he's been lucky not to. Sure. Um, but leading up to a Liverpool game, um, all the focus is off of Man United and the build-up, and gone straight mm -hmm. onto Ronaldo and his little in two weeks' time. And it's like in two weeks' time, I could care less than I do today, really. Mm -hmm. So, what's your prediction? I reckon to all. Two all, okay. Yeah, I think so, there'll be a, a late fight from one or the other. Other, that seems very possible. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say two one United. Right. I don't think that there's enough up front for Liverpool. I think that. I don't know. I feel like I'm about to contradict myself. Here's my this this is where I get I'm getting hung up on the whole match. Their front three isn't that great right now. They are pretty damn good. I'm not going to take it away from them, but you always have a suspect hole in that back line of United, and we all know where it stands at number five. <laughs> the big old fucking yeah. fridge, Mister Floppy, hits himself. I hope Luis Diaz plays. Uh, the, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I am going to give this to United, though, at home against you don't really know what kind of midfield is going to show up mm -hmm. uh, for Liverpool. They're always suspect, but also in the same breath, United's midfield is completely suspect all the time. Yeah. You don't know whether McTominay is going to fucking play or if he's going to just be dragged up and down the field by Fred. Um <laughs> <laughs> Um, you, you don't, you're not sure if 
Cristiano Ronaldo is going to come out and be a fucking baby or not. Um, there's not a whole lot out of the wingers that they have, and they don't really have a back line either. So I don't know. I, I feel like I, I feel like I'm saying United's going to get shat on, but I again, I don't know. No. It's it's anybody's game, but I'm just going to predict two one United. What what scoreline do you would you love to see? Not what a prediction. Would I love to see? Yeah. I would honestly love to see this as a draw. Yeah. I would love to see them both not take a W. I would love to see them both be the butt of a joke for another fucking week. Um <laughs> it, it's it just it. To me, this is this is like almost mind blowing that we're sitting here talking about United in twenty, and Liverpool in what fifteenth? Yeah, maybe. Hold on, let me pull up the table real quick. Excuse me, twelfth. Yeah, this is not how you would expect your season to start up for either one of these clubs. Maybe United, maybe, but definitely not Liverpool. Yeah. It's just I, I'm mind blown by it right now, and the fact that we're even having this talk of deciding on I don't know which one, which way would it go? Uh, like this should be clear cut for me right now, and it's not. No, absolutely. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, I said ridiculous when um uh, when they they sold Sadio Mane. Um, I said he's going to be a bigger miss than Liverpool fans think, and yep. um. The, the this whole thing where now nah, like we well, we we bought in Diaz and we got Nunes and all that and it's like yeah but Liverpool that front three operated so seamlessly where like if Mane was having a bit of an off day Salah would pop up right and it was so cohesive left and right left and right um I think Liverpool are gonna it's gonna take them five ten games to actually get used to playing without Mane. Yeah. Um, even Salah. Salah looked... Um, Not like Salah. Palace game, he didn't. He 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 suddenly looks like a 35-year-old. All of a sudden. Um, I know he's not that old, but um, it's just like going off of like last season with how tireless he is running everything else. Um, this season... It, it, he, feels like he, it feels like he missed, he's missing a step from last year. Yeah, and his touch is just, I don't know. But, um, and the trouble with the Premier League is that, um, if you get if it takes you five or ten games to actually to, to kind of build that momentum back up, we're done with, you know. Yeah, it's especially, I feel like with this year's race, you need to come up with us with a sprinting start. Yeah, because you look at it now, there's a four point gap. And they're all due to ties. Yeah. So it's – if, if you're not a top team and you didn't come out flying, guess what? You just got left behind. Yeah. Period. Liverpool needs to show up this week and do something or else they're going to get left behind very far. United's already there. I mean, you're the lowest of the low. I mean, you're at, <laughs> you're at relegation zone. If we fast forward 36 weeks, you're gone. Yeah, I can't remember what. Thirty six weeks is going to go by pretty maker. fucking fast. But there was, um, I was checking the odds. I can't remember which one it was, and I don't want to say even if it it was. Um, 
but they were basically offering you got better odds on Man United getting relegated this season than them finishing in the top four now. And I know that that goes week to week, but I mean, that, that really does fucking say something where they're closer to the to the first division than they are to the fucking top. There's, yeah. so, many vi- <coughs> There's so many things that we could go on as to why, what, how <coughs> United are at where they're at. It's just a whole mess of things. It's just a whole mess of things. Like it, you. It's like, hmm, what's the analogy here? It's like it's like pulling a string, and you think it's only going to be that one string, and then it just connects to the next string, yeah. and the next string, and the next string, and the next string, and you're just like, okay, what really started this? How did we get here? Yeah, I love that Ten Hag uses the. Do you remember them the the pens that's got all the different colors in? It's got the yes. red ink and everything. I love that yes. he uses one of them. Does uh, he? Just in, yeah, I see it, and um, I've seen it in a couple of games now. He writes, he he writes everything in a little pad, and he's got one of them. The half of it was blue, and then at the top, you you just pulled down on red and black and blue. Right. And yeah, he, he uses one of them. That's... I loved him for that. <laughs> I I need to know what he writes in accordance to what color now. Yeah, I've often yeah. Like, cause I remember there's one that was uh, you had your your regular black ink, then you had red, blue, and then sometimes you had a green one. Yeah. So what does he use everything for? <laughs> I bet Ronaldo's in red. Right. <laughs> I bet there's a lot of Ronaldo in red. <laughs> a lot of um, scratching out too. Yeah, he probably just sits there <laughs> rewriting. I hate that prick. I hate that prick. Right. <laughs> it's his doodle pad. <laughs> He's like, fuck, they're not doing what I asked them to do. I'm just going to start doodling. Yeah. This is ridiculous. What is it? In Big Hearts, <laughs> E-T-H, and what is it? F-D-J. Burn, baby, burn. <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps us up for this week uh, on our predictions. Uh, be sure to check back with us on Monday as we do our weekend wrap-up, a review. Uh, be sure to follow us on TikTok at Three Points in a Pie, and that's the number three points in a pie podcast, uh, as well as our TikTok, Instagram. Um, and again, make sure you tell your mom, your dad, your sister, your sister's friends, your brother, all his mates, and then that will just help the web start spinning even more. Till next week, see you guys. You're listening to the Three Points in a Pie podcast with Colby Stevens and Alfie Lauder.